if you want to effectively monetize content, we have to make the content valuable enough so people want to read it. But we have to balance that with getting exposure for the brand. And HRS are just absolute experts at doing this. So I'm going to call this a utility advertisement. So it's an advert for the product, but actually has value to the user on the blog post. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today we continue in our series of solo episodes, focusing on the growth of specific SaaS companies. Now we're sticking with the recent big SEO tool trend. We had SEMrush or SEMrush a couple of months ago. So you could probably guess because it was the title of this episode, but I'm not going to say it yet because before... We need to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Fame. Fame Fame.so, if you're in the B2B world and you have a podcast and you want it to grow faster, or if you're in the B2B world and you don't have a podcast, but you want one because you know you can use it to increase the amount of like and trust that your potential buyers have for your B2B brands when they come around to buying your specific software or service, they're going to come to you because you've been in their ears for the past six months. Then if any of those sound like you, then go to fame.so, where we ask, how did you hear about us? Say Confessions of a B2B Marketing Podcast, and we'll make sure we get you a special deal. All right, so as you may have guessed from the episode title, is HREFs. That is the way to say it, by the way, if not a HREFs, as I have previously done before. But we're going to kick off this story with a conversation I actually had with Tim, who is the CMO, who features a lot in this episode. What actually happened is we were on a podcast interview probably about three years ago, and I was asking questions like marketing questions, and we were talking about Google Analytics. And then I was like, Tim mentioned that they didn't have Google Analytics on their site. So I'm like, what? What about the Facebook pixel? And he's like, no, completely horrified, of course, because this was like, especially back then, marketing dogma, the thing you would have to do. And there was this like sense of pride in his voice, pride that HRS think independently, like to do the things, do marketing things their own way. He actually joined the business as product marketing director as the only person in marketing back in 2015. And since then, HRS has grown from around 50 people, sorry, around 15 people now to 50 or 60 and significantly more revenue. So this is probably a little bit outdated, maybe a year ago or so, about 40 million in ARR, which is roughly $800,000 per revenue per employee, which is actually similar to Facebook. But the kicker is they're 100% bootstrap. So how do we do that? Or how did they do that? That is exactly what this episode is going to explain through 19 different growth leaders. Before we jump into the growth strategies, I want to share two like macro themes that for me, probably most responsible for the growth, also weave into the different growth strategies. So the first of which was actually similar to the SEM Rush episode, we have a technical co-founder, in this case, just one, I believe, whereas Sam Rush, it was two, that is just deeply, deeply, deeply enthralled or enthused or passionate about SEO. And so product quality driving word of mouth is actually the first growth leader we'll talk about in a second. But it's just, marketing is just so much more effective if you have word of mouth on your side. So that's the first one. The second one is about thinking independently. As we already mentioned about the Google Analytics code and the Facebook Pixel, HRS don't or didn't, and I'm very sure don't have them on their site, which goes against most like basic marketing knowledge. And so this ability to not just take for granted what everyone else is doing, but to think originally and independently is the other thing that I think 
really helps or has supported the growth. So with that, let's get into strategy number one. Product quality driving word of mouth. And the really good exercise or visualization I like to do here is if you think about three lines on a piece of paper. Now, the bottom line is going to be cost. So this is how much it costs you to provide the service. The next line is going to be price, which is how much you charge. And then the next line, hopefully above price, is value, which is the amount of value that the customer gets. And so moving those lines around, you can see what different impacts that will have on your business. And so if we take Ahrefs, for example, their co-founder has just been deeply, deeply focused on the value or the product quality, which is basically the value that the customer gets. So the value line is going to be much higher than the price. And then the cost is obviously going to be below that. And what happens then when you have this big discrepancy between price and value and in a positive way, e.g. the value is higher than the price, then this drives word of mouth. And so that's a really good way of visualizing, I think. So all the HRS co-founder has done, Dimitri is his name, by the way, is really focused on pushing that value up because he just loves coding. He just loves SEO. And so, yes, it's not a marketing thing. And it's very hard for me to say this because I've spent like 10 years of my life just doing marketing, not really focused on product quality. But if you're a marketer looking for a job, always look at product quality. If you're a marketer within a business, maybe work out how you can feed ideas back into product marketing to make the product better because it's just going to make your life so much easier if the product quality is higher and you have that word of mouth that will amplify pretty much everything you do. Strategy and number two, rejecting conventional wisdom. So I'm just going to list through four things that HRS don't do that you're probably doing or that most marketers are probably doing, as we mentioned. Google Analytics, they don't track that. Facebook Pixel, they don't have that. Can't do any retargeting. Email merch campaigns, don't do that at all. The only opt-in they have on their blogs is to get the, a weekly email, a weekly broadcast email with their latest posts. No content upgrades, no ebooks, just two very clear calls to action. Either you sign up to their product on the seven-day trial for $7 that we'll talk about more later, or you sign up on the blog to get the content. And so what we're really saying here is that all of this other distraction stuff they don't do. And all of this other stuff that you could be doing, like writing ebooks, et cetera, things that are going to distract from the things that are actually driving the growth, like talking to customers, improving the products, creating amazing content. And all of that stuff, if they were spending that on checking Google Analytics, building custom audiences, writing massive email merchant campaigns, going to be taking away from those super high leverage tasks. So I think it's important as the marketing function to ensure that you're focused on the things that will get growth. So a key question to ask yourself here is what are you on your marketing team doing that is not talking to customers or creating amazing content? And if there are things, do you really need to do them? Next up, hacking the conference code. And here, what I love about this growth strategy is that A, completely ignoring conventional wisdom, and we'll talk about why in a second, but also combining that, combining that in-person physical exposure with organic and paid social exposure. So let's explain. Brighton SEO is a big SEO conference, HRS go to the event. And instead of just, I guess, putting their logo on the stand or on a leaflet uh, and sponsoring their, the event in that way, what they actually do is sponsor the coffee cups. And on the coffee cups, we'll link to this in the show notes, they have basically, it's quite hard to describe on a podcast, but you know, on packets of food, it'll have all of the nutritional information. It's like that kind of design. But instead of the nutritional information, it's the SEO information for the keyword coffee. 
So it's keyword coffee facts. And there's just like loads of nerdy SEO data. And then below it says, find out more at href.com. It's absolutely genius. Again, original thinking, thinking different about how to get exposure at a conference. But that's not it. So we have this amazing, awesome advertising campaign, essentially, that is getting loads of excitement at the conference. People are tweeting about it. So Tim then tweets the image of the coffee facts and starts blowing up organically. So getting a few retweets, especially from people at the event. But then, because he obviously used the Sobriety and SEO hashtag, and then he also, right there and then, puts extra cash behind that to promote it further. So what do we have here? Original thinking for that awesome advert. We have organic exposure for the in-person thing that you've done, which is, again, remarkable, so it gets organic attention. And then the intelligent part is also, once we see that organic attention increasing, then we add a little bit of pay spend to add fuel to the fire. So incredible strategy. Well done, Tim. Next up, YouTube, and specifically continuous improvement. What I like about HRS YouTube is not how smooth and high produced it is today, but if you go back to a video, just scroll back four years and see the quality of the content, it's obviously like significantly not as good. But what's great here is that HRS didn't spend ages defining their YouTube strategy and then release something highly produced and expensive right at the start. They went, they have continuously improved right from really basic stuff, often not wanting to put stuff out that isn't great at the start can stop B2B companies doing that. But instead, actually, what you need to do is put it out. Not that many people are going to watch it anyway, and you can learn as soon as you start putting it out. So I have an image here on the screen of newly, or sorry, weekly YouTube subscribers gained for the HRF channel. And basically for the whole of 2016, 17, and most of 2018, it's basically nothing. And then it really starts spiking from there. And this is the kind of the trough of despair, you could call it, where they spent two to three years grinding out on YouTube, barely gaining any subscribers until the formula started working, the production started to improve, and they started getting attention. So we've also done this. We have a, a weekly email newsletter called SaaS Marketer Weekly, and it's just B2B marketing news that isn't boring. But we didn't spend like three months working out how to do it. We started sending it within, I would say, two weeks of having the idea. And now we're just slowly tweaking and improving things by 1% every week. And now the numbers are starting to look good. So this is what I recommend. If you're going to embark on a new channel, try to get stuff going soon. Try to continuously improve to get out the trough of despair because it's very unlikely that anything you start in marketing is going to work first time. So you can compound and then compound those improvements to improve it, uh, that strategy over time, just like HREF did. Strategy five. Relentless focus. Now, perhaps because HRS are bootstrapped and they're, I guess, motivated, therefore, maybe more by profit, what they have seemed to do very well is focus very specifically on two things, as I've discussed already. Creating amazing software to move that value line up, but B, creating amazing content about how that software solves problems. And so anything like away from that or that doesn't really focus on those two things is wasting their time. So in the interview I had with Tim a couple of years ago, I was saying to him, like, why don't we just set up a few email nurturing campaigns and increase engagement with the people that signed up for the trial? He said, no, because building that is going to have to maybe require one to two new marketing hires and they're going to have to be built and then we're going to have to optimize them. And so Tim would also have to define the roles, find the candidates, build and onboard these team members, and then obviously manage them as well. And so it is all like a big financial investment or big financial risk for something that doesn't necessarily move the needle. So again, they're dragging their focus back to those things that really, really make a difference on growth. And I can't really stress that enough. 
in the marketing world, especially now, as money is more expensive and we have less cash to spend, we need to really focus on what is getting the results or what we know will get results. Strategy six, pouring fuel on a very simple customer acquisition strategy. So again, let's talk about what HBS are not doing. They don't run Google Ads. They, again, don't retarget any of the web traffic because they don't have the Facebook pixel. So how are they spending in order to get customers? It's very simple. All they're doing is creating content in a specific way. We'll talk about that in a growth strategy a bit later in the episode. But all they're doing is boosting exposure to new posts that they release. So roughly 5 to 10K in paid social, boosting their regular blog posts. That's basically all they do. Now, the reason they kind of can do this is because every content that they do create and then promote does also include the product in that process. It's often how-to stuff or explaining stuff in the world of SEO. So the example I have here is there's a blog post, very simple, what is a backlink, how to get more backlinks. And throughout the article, we're able to put in screenshots showing how to do this on Ahrefs. And the reason, like, not many people can do this. Not many people can create content that will get exposure and that people will love that includes their product. And partially because I guess it's a relatively low-cost tool. We have the $7 free trial, and then I think it's roughly $97 a month for the cheapest plan. Because maybe it's because they're so prevalent in the world of SEO that they can do this, that so they have hundreds of thousands of customers, and so the content is going to get consumed anyway. But typical content marketing wisdom would say we don't talk about the product we're just trying to get people to like and trust us but hrs are able to do this so for you and your business especially if you have a low-cost tool i would suggest creating content obviously that explains how to do something and then part of that is using the tool especially screenshots or walkthrough videos then if you have that content it, it can then be used to or you can amplify that on social that to ideally get conversions so this is a very like simple funnel that hrs are pouring fuel onto here. So first someone maybe hears about HRS through word of mouth or lands on one of their blog posts through SEO, through Google Organic. They get to the blog, ideally learn something about SEO. And by definition, because these, the content always talks about the product, they're also learning about how HRS help with SEO. A person will either leave or they'll sign up for the seven-day trial. And then this whole thing repeats. And so essentially what happens is that people will still see these ads even though they're not directly being retargeted, maybe they will opt in on the blog post to get the email. But they'll keep seeing these ads, they'll keep reading the blog post, and ultimately they'll learn enough about SEO to know that, okay, maybe I need some help here and I'll use the tool that I've been trained to use anyway. So this is an absolutely incredible way of doing content marketing. Maybe not be like that applicable to everybody. Let's say you have a really expensive like enterprise sales software tool that you can't really write top-of-the-funnel-ish blog posts featuring that because maybe the number of customers you have is much less than what HRS has. In that case, you would ideally want to try and maybe include data in your content that supports the points you're trying to make so that you're able to advertise your product just like HRS do, but without a kind of how-to because not that many people will use the product. So the learning here is what is your core customer acquisition funnel and how can paid social be used to add fuel to the fire? Okay, so more on this whole blog post and content strategy now. So the strategy seven is blog posts as advertising. I've got on the screen in front of me five of HRS most engaged upon pieces of content. I'll just read out a couple of the titles. What Wix SEO versus WordPress, 6.4 million domains studied, 10 ways to get Google to index your site that actually work. So SEO, how-to stuff. So the question here is how many of these do we think feature the product as I've discussed earlier? 
So I go and check out these blog posts and scrolling down roughly 7% of the first post, we get a screenshot of Ahrefs and then a little further on the second one and the same on the third. Basically, all of these, actually all, all five of them feature screenshots of Ahrefs. So if everything here features the products, it's actually quite hard to find a blog post on this site that doesn't. So let's try to understand why they're doing this or why this works. So let's take a typical B2B SaaS content funnel. So someone's searching for a solution to the problem they have. Maybe they find a blog post from a SaaS company. The person reads their blog post, but don't really have any idea about what the company does because their blog post doesn't talk about the product. Four months later, the same person searches for another solution to a problem they have. The person finds a different blog post. The person reads the blog post, maybe opts in for a related ebook. The person then obviously gets emails from the company and a phone call. And then the person finally kind of understands what that B2B SaaS company does and then agrees to a trial or a demo, et cetera. So if we compare this to the Ahrefs funnel, someone searching for an SEO problem or solution to an SEO problem they have, they find their Ahrefs blog post addressing that topic. They get value from the blog post. And then they also, it's very clear to them the value the Ahrefs product has and then the person signs up. So it's much much faster. It probably also explains why HRF don't use any pop-up or anything on their site trying to really push people in to this funnel. What they understand is that if people learn more about SEO and it's in the process of doing that, they're basically getting trained on HRFs, then ultimately they are much more likely to subscribe. The learning here is there a way that you can create content that your prospects and customers love, but still sells your product. Strategy eight. The unheard of $7 for seven days free trial. So as we mentioned, there's only two CTAs on the Ahrefs site. There's a CTA to receive the blog posts. There's a CTA for this $7 seven-day trial. So I think there's two reasons that Ahrefs do this. A, I don't think they necessarily need to give the free trial or their drop-off by not having a free trial is minimized by the fact that there's so much content on the blog that features how the product works. So all those people that maybe wanted a free trial to see how the product works will have been educated through countless blog posts on how to do it. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you have the free trial, this by definition adds additional complexity to the support, well, volume and complexity to the support function, e.g. spending time and money on people that may never convert. And so as we've discussed before, the HRFs are pretty brutally focused on making something that's amazing and then creating great content about that thing. There's no room here for people that are not paying them that are not gonna, they're gonna take a bit of time away from those two core goals. Obviously, HRS have great support. I've experienced it myself for the people that are paying, but it's really going back to the focus on great, making great product and also ensuring that we're able to create great content on this product and we just wanna focus on those two things. Strategy number nine, and you would expect obviously HRS being an SEO tool for them to have insane SEO strategies. Here's something that I've learned about SEO for a while. It's very hard to game Google you can have all the data about what's happening on your site. And so if you're trying to get a page to rank, you actually need the person who is going to consume that content to show Google on the page that they are interested in the content that you're producing. And so what does this mean? It means bounce rate. It means scroll rate. It means interaction with the page. And to take this kind of to the next level, not just HRS, but other people, give free tools that have little interactive elements that shows Google that this person is coming to this page and they're interacting. And so these pages are much more likely to rank. So there's a couple of these. The first of which the HRS have built is a backlink checker. And so you can go and then for free, you can 
jump onto the web page, add your domain, and it will tell you how many backlinks you had, for example. And so they were floundering, I believe, at the bottom of page one for this tool because their old landing page was just really like a call to action for, to buy. And then they created this, and then they slammed up to number one. So go and test this. If you link for search for backlink checker and see where hrefs are, you'll see that they're probably ranking number one or very close. So the learning here is, what can you put on your SEO optimized pages to show Google that people actually like you and like the content that you're producing? Strategy 10, creating a course and giving it away for free. So here, this was a specific SEO event in Singapore that Tim was speaking at. And HRS have a course, roughly $800, called Blogging for Business. And Tim actually ended up giving away this course for completely free to anyone who attended that emailed him and asked for it. Now, obviously, that's just a, like a great thing to do for like enthusiasts in your market. Ideally, there would be like influencers in the audience that maybe then would promote HRS. But the whole thing like with the course is that, yes, selling the course, it brings revenue for the company, probably not that significant based on their 40 million or so. But what we're also doing with the course is training people on how to use the tool. Like, obviously, we've discussed that all of the blog content HMS have focused their product, focused on their product. So I assume that's exactly the same thing here in the course. I haven't actually been through it myself. But what we're doing is training generations of SEOs on how to use HRFs. And that obviously, therefore, increases the moat that HRFs have. The more people that are trained on their product, the more people that those people ideally would train, the more people will have to use HRFs as opposed to moving to a competitor. So A, creating the course is probably the more strategic thing here. But then also B, giving away at a speaking event is also a super clever way to make everyone in the room like you. So well done, Tim, for that. Strategy 11, get every marketer on your team to do this. So we've talked about the, the core drivers so far for HRFs is SEO and word of mouth. Obviously, building the great product also helps. But another way I found that can drive higher or more word of mouth is to obviously offer great service. Now, how do HRFs do this? They put everyone in their marketing team does support for some period of time. And so what this is doing is that, yes, we're able to answer customer questions on how to use a specific product. But maybe if somebody was in a marketer, they wouldn't be able to explain how this specific thing in the product can improve the marketing for their business. So what we have here is not only customer support people, but experts in the space. So that investment in support is going to increase the customer experience, reduce churn, and improve word of mouth. So again, counterintuitive way to grow, but actually one way we can grow is by taking the knowledge of from our marketing team and putting that into support. Obviously, this really only works that well if we sell a marketing product. If you don't, then obviously we need to try and increase the expertise of our support team in the function, whether it's sales or whatever niche we are in. Strategy number 12, big data driving word of mouth. This is a positioning thing. So big data, maybe not so much now, but if we look at the Google search volume for this term, I'm looking at it from start of 2000s up to today. Really not much was said until 2011-ish when it spikes up throughout and it stays pretty high. So what HRS have done strategically is position their show around big data or their show, their products around big data. For example, this is Tim's Twitter bio, CMO and product advisor at HRS, brackets, SEO toolset powered by seriously big data. So positioning their business along with a trend in the world is going to help 
with conversion rates. Even if someone who's is considering using Ahrefs, but they don't really know and they've been learning about big data and they see that Ahrefs is like aligned with that trend, or maybe someone who uses Ahrefs knows about the big data positioning but doesn't really understand much, then when they're telling their friends, they're going to be saying, yeah, Ahrefs, it uses seriously big data. And so this will help spur the word of mouth. Strategy 13, promoting employees. So this is getting much bigger now, in my opinion. The B2B influencer space, I think, is getting much more prevalent and is going to get more prevalent in the future. So what Ahrefs have been doing for a number of years now is building the personal brands of employees. So obviously, Tim has a significant personal brand in the Ahrefs space. We've got other people in the team like C and also Sam, who runs their YouTube channel. So it seems like Ahrefs have purposefully enabling people within their marketing team to build their personal brand because we all know that people like listening to people more than they like listening to brands. And so, yes, maybe they're the risk that Ahrefs build the personal brands of their employees and then they go and leave and take their audience. But actually, if you're able to maintain and incentivize people, this can work really well because the effectiveness of the marketing is just going to increase. For example, C, speaking at conferences, Tim speaking at conferences. So if you have people in your team that you think have creative talent, maybe you already have a personal brand or create content online, then my opinion is that all employees, all B2B businesses and marketing functions should be supporting their creators in any way possible. Strategy 14 is this product marketing. Going back to the blog content again, because this is a really powerful thing to take away, I think. Not only are we featuring HRS in the content, so most are like how to SEO blog posts and within that content, if we need to say find keywords, et cetera, then there's screenshots on, of the HRF tool. But at the same time, they have a sidebar. And if you go to their blog, you can see this just below the author sidebar. And there'll be stats from social. So putting in Twitter and Facebook shares, which I think you can get from HRF, but the other two you definitely can. So it's telling you referring domains and organic, organic traffic from the article with data from HRF and it says that. So again, this is why Ahrefs can spend 5 to 10K promoting these blog posts because the product is weaved throughout them, both in the how-to, but also in the data is showing the value of the product in the content. And this is super, super, super important. If you want to effectively monetize content, we have to make the content valuable enough so people want to read it, but we have to balance that with getting exposure for the brand. And Ahrefs are just absolute experts at doing this. I'm going to call this a utility advertisement. So it's an advert for the product, but actually has value to the user on the blog post. Strategy 15, the recurring Reddit feedback trick. So roughly every two years, maybe even more, Tim goes to the big Reddit, big subreddit, sorry, called Big SEO. And it's true in SEO, but probably for pretty much every niche, there are these adopters or early adopters that are like hyper passionate. And so what Tim will do, and I'll read this directly from the post, the title is, I'm Tim Soto from HRS and I'm looking for some feedback. And then he says, hi guys, what do you think of HRS? I need your honest feedback, anything HRS related. I know we didn't interact with you guys in the past years, but I'm happy to change that. And so he did this for years and years and years. And what this is doing is A, creating very valuable feedback. It's also obviously an advertisement for the product. And so if you do have anything to ask or contribute to communities online where there's like super passionate raving fans of the area, then do that and do it recurring, A, to get information, but B, also to get relatively free, but pretty much free exposure. Strategy 16, content channel 
segregation. So what this essentially means is that if we're trying to grow a specific content channel, whether it's a blog or a social profile, that is much more likely to grow if we're able to cater specifically to the needs of that platform or to that target audience. And so what Ahrefs done or do is that they have various different areas in which they produce content, but each content is clearly very different. So let's run through a couple. The Ahrefs blog, long-form, SEO-specific, product-focused content that we've discussed already in this episode. Ahrefs also have a medium publication where they share more like internal transparent so stuff that they've done internally that's worked or hasn't worked they have a SaaS marketing vlog youtube channel so it's not their main youtube channel but it's more internal stuff within the business again and then they also have their external youtube channel which is like seo specific video content there's also another media publication called the startup where they have random kind of transparent other written content and then also there's Tim, and we'll talk about this in the next in strategy a bit later on, is he also goes on guests on other shows to share content. And so I know they have a strategy for each of these different places, and then they're just enabling these to grow faster because they can get hyper-specific and very focused on the types of content. So they're not putting some type of content here that isn't relevant for that channel. Now, obviously, don't try and start six different things if you're just starting out and you haven't got any of them to work. I assume HRS would have built these over a number of years after one starts working. They probably started with the HRS blog got that working, got that growing, and then maybe moved on to the HRS YouTube channel. And so, yes, once we have stuff working, build out other places to increase the growth, but only do that once you have some things that are actually working. Strategy 17, a product one. So reducing churn. Some low-hanging fruit here is to ensure that we're not losing anyone that doesn't know how to use the tool. And so what HRS recently added is a very clear, like how to use links above their key tools that then pop up and give videos and give images and link to support articles. So just like making it very clear to users where they can find resources to show them how to do things. And obviously with massive blog backlog of content on how to do stuff. And so these how-to links apparently are getting five to 15% click-through rates, people clicking through and then consuming that content. So it's not going to have an immediate impact on growth, but we'll probably bring down that churn percentage maybe by like 5% of whatever the churn is over a year or so. So the learning here is lift all the actions that customers can take with your SaaS and they seem simple when you do it, but then add these how work buttons to make it very, very clear. Strategy 18, probably before it was trendy, Tim did what's called a podcast tour. He went on 20 podcast interviews in four months. Why? It's a super effective way to create content that can then be used on leveraged on other channels. Let's say Tim was spending like two hours per interview, one hour for pre and post communication, and then one hour for the interview itself, which means that HRS is probably paying if we assume Tim's hourly rate of, let's say, $250 per hour. So each is costing $500. So really, HRS probably just needs to get one customer that pays for five months of their lowest plan in order to get the cash ROI on that. And so then if we compare that, compare that kind of ROI and cost to what HRS have also been spending on podcast advertisements. They've been spending roughly $250 to $1,600 to sponsor a podcast episode. And let's say those episodes would have like one to two minutes coverage of the HRS. Whereas in Tim's interviews, obviously, HRS has covered quite a lot more, maybe not detail of the product, but the story of the company, etc. And so Tim will jump on these podcasts and then he'll share let's say, 60 minutes of hard-hitting SEO and SaaS growth with them, and then it's bringing attention back to HREFs through that way. So I have a proof here that when, we, when I spoke to Tim that 
podcast, the term podcast, when people were saying how they found about us, drove roughly 606 clients in that time period. I don't actually have the exact time period, but that's a significant amount of customers. And yes, they could have come through the sponsored podcast or the guest invites, but we expect that the ROI on those customers is going to be better from Tim's time investment than the cost that they're spending to advertise on other podcasts. So learning podcast interviews may not result in a direct uptick in revenue, but often the time investment and the versus advertising on other shows is probably worth it. Plus you'll end up getting the backlink because they'll link back to you and your business in the show notes normally. Virology number 19, a seamless prospect journey. So as we discussed, there's two CTAs on the HRS site, the $7 seven-day free trial, the email opt-in to receive the blog post. Now that opt-in actually, so we're talking about the email opt-in, only appears if you scroll to the bottom of that blog post. So it's not a pop-up, it's not X intent, it's not getting in the way. That only comes when you get to the bottom, which is a much better experience than most B2B blogs that I would go on. Also, if you have an account with HRS, your email will be pre-populated in that box to make it super simple just to hit subscribe. So here's just an example of HRS like thinking about the user journey. And because we know the user is going to be consuming stuff about the product, we don't have to be so hardcore on the opt-in. And we're just going to be there in case they like the blog post and, and we want some more. And let's face it, even if you don't want to give the email, HRS probably know that they're going to be ranking for the next FEO challenge that you have. Or if you ever engage with them on social, you're probably going to get hit by their social ads. They don't have to be so hardcore on picking up the email address, which can impact customer experience. All right, team, there we go. Big episode, 19 growth levers in total. Hope you enjoyed that. I've got to give a shout out to a recent review on Apple Podcasts, Romeo Man. Great insights from top B3 marketers. Thank you, Romeo. And another one, best B3 marketing podcast. I get so much value from the podcast. I ended up reaching out to someone hiring him to consult with me for my B3 marketing excellent resource and some amazing guests. Thank you, Udup. If you have any feedback on the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and or review. If you do that, send a screenshot to me on LinkedIn and then I will get you a shout out in the outro of one of these episodes. So thank you so much to HRS for sharing a lot of information for this episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Obviously, thank you to Fame again for sponsoring this episode. And thank you for listening.